Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Garden Report is brought to you, as always, by our exclusive wagering partner, Bet Online. Go to betonline.ag, use the code CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus on your initial deposit. Bet Online is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. A new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, contests. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Once again, use the code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your initial deposit. From football to basketball, boxing, your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Once again, Bet Online, where the game starts. Use the code CLNS50 for 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All right, guys, welcome into the Garden Report post-game show. Uh, Celtics lose to the Orlando Magic. It is what it is. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by INSA, okay? INSA, it is a cannabis dispensary. You can find shops in Salem, East Ham, and two Springfield locations uh, just off I-91 beside the MGM Casino. Uh, Ooh. Go, yeah, go to INSA.com. That sounds like a fun weekend. Yep, insa.com or 877-500-INSA if you want to inquire uh, about what's going on down there. Here we go. People, here we go. We're doing it. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I'm changing the blue. Mario. Changing the blue. I Joe like the Sway blue in, Bobby. Uh, or do we like around. these? Bobby do we like the square around. ones? I like rounded. I'm going yeah. rounded names. Um, I don't even see like... my name. What the hell? You want to see it? Watch by the banner. Make sure you spell my last name right. I didn't put it in. You could you could be in there as good Amit. job, good job. Yeah. You could be in there, there as Amit. You get a star. Amit Batajarji, Batajarji. Come on, our Doing producer, Batajarji, the Big A. Shout out Amit. Amit, producer Amit, in here being doing doing heroes work, putting in the graphics because my my computer's as old as I am, uh, and wow. we're here. We are doing it. Uh, Celtics lose. Topes lose. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Celtics lose. Uh, every game has been close. Every game's been mildly entertaining. This is the uh, Danny Ainge revenge game. The the kids are all right, right? <laughs> well, they the did take are... an L. They did take an L. But yeah, kid... but, but but Jimmy, you got to put it in perspective. You got Ime, who's playing not his back line, but the line behind the back line. 
And Orlando is playing their rotation guys. Come on. And they wanted the buzzer. Get out of here, man. I, yeah, I, mean, no, I don't really care about the I, I don't part, care yeah. about the result. I didn't know half of these guys were either. were alive, let alone on the Celtics. Like I didn't know these people existed. Who Romeo? You know? No, the, uh, who, the guys who were playing, I'm like, who's number 51? Oh, I, know. I know we're talking about we're talking about guys like they're uh, football players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there, get, eyes, get eyes on 52. There's guys out there with like triple digits on their uniform, right. you know, like that's how deep that's how deep they went tonight. I'm I just mean, glad nobody had this number behind me up there. Because it's like, wait, wait, where's my <laughs> well made me think. Guy? Yeah. They're pretty thin at point guard. I mean, Ryan Archie Diacono was like their number one when Pritchard went out. What team does so he play for? <laughs> Ask us in a week. You're He'll making fun of, of you're making fun of my pronounce, pronunciation of Amit's last name. What did you just call that guy? Archie Diacono. Archie Diacono. Yeah, it's not bad. Close enough. That's pretty no, good. No, but they could use another point guard, and it's not him, probably. So, like, that was my big observation after the Pritchard loss tonight. Well, look, there's no Schroeder, there's no Smart tonight, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're talking about a fifth, fifth guy. You're talking about your fourth, fourth. point guard? Fourth your fourth guy, point okay. guard is probably, ro- probably Romeo, you know? or you're Yeah, playing, I think they just wouldn't use a point guard in that or situation. Or you play rotations with Tatum, <laughs> Tatum bringing up the ball. Well, you, you, know, had, like, you had Tremont Waters in that role last year, and he, he did all right in those spots. It would be one of your right. wings, though. That's, would be a wing. be your, That's enough Tremont Waters talk for the show. We filled our quota. He's with the champs. He's moved on the better Yeah, time. him and Chevy. I uh, love Trayvon. So we'll talk a little about tonight. Again, we're not going to stay too late. It's a preseason game, but we'll sit here. We want to, you know, you guys inspire us in the chat. Josh Richardson, someone pointed out a fourth point guard. I think that's a fair one as well. Oh, um, yeah, good point. Yep, so Richardson, right. I, You know, we're still getting used to these guys, but you're right. Richardson there. Um, but uh, oh, we'll talk. We'll so talk Archie Diakono goes back to not mattering. Okay, next. Yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about the game. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Kyrie Irving drama that continues to unfold. It's obviously interesting. Ben Simmons returns. Uh, did you guys see the Harden presser today? Yeah, I saw clips. I, I saw, of it. Yeah, I saw clips of it ice, too. Ooh, ice. You hate to see that. The, you just Harden is one of the best players in the NBA who can say so Ever. much with his facial expressions. <laughs> yep. It said everything. Like Kyrie. Yeah, I talked. I haven't and talked. It brings, it brings you back to a year ago when we were wondering why Harden was even. I was mad. just gonna say Harden had his own issues around this time last year, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now it's his teammate. So uh, we'll get to well, that in a bit, but let's let's teammate. let's let's I leave guess it you tonight. Can't call yeah. a teammate anymore, right? He's not yeah. really allowed to be with the team. Let's lead with tonight, um, and we'll get into that other stuff uh, yeah, first yeah. off. I, Jimmy watched at least 10% of the game, so we'll ask you first what you wow. thought, Jimmy. 10 to 15. Um, <laughs> first, thing that jumped, first thing that jumped out at me, Aaron Neesmith. Yeah. My guy, been my guy since day one. Um, no, I'm not going to go that By far. By the but... way, we've got, we've got Rob, we got Romeo with Sherrod. You, you're claiming Neesmith, and Bobby gets Grant. That's how, we, that's how we've divided that's how I'm works. fine with that. I'm fine with that, man. <laughs> Although this John, is your night, you, Bobby. This like is I your said, night. you bought I'm, low on Grant, John. I'm, yeah, I'm excited trying. to see Grant kind of rub it in the commenter's face this year because man, they were ruthless to him last year. <laughs> Some deservedly, well, but he oh, at the, he's been good in the preseason. I, yes, I love the slim and trim Grant Williams. He's uh, bouncing right. back. Well, let's, let's not cut the line here. Neesmith, I think, deserves praise <laughs> right off the top yeah. before Grant, sure, yeah. before anyone else. I'll, I'll, I'll give the slight edge to Neesmith. You can bring in Pritchard, and those were the two guys, honestly, in summer league that kind of yeah, 
really Sparky's proved up. himself, though. Sparky, Spark- we know we know about the spark plug. I, I just don't know how they're gonna. Uh, hopefully, the nose isn't too too bad. I mean, um, yeah. if you ever had a broken nose, you kind of put you out for a day or two. But you know, you should you be fine after that. It. Mask, Richard. the mask. Mask Pritchard is on it, brought up to us. That's going to be the next big thing for the next few days. Uh, but I thought Neesmith just looks good. His shot is, you know, when it's on, it's on. Like, he looks very comfortable. Um, you know, he's not second-guessing the shot. And, you know, I just think that he's really becoming, you know, kind of the second year is going to be huge for him. He's not coming in looking like, you know, wide-eyed and bushy-tailed and not really ready for the, for the spotlight. He's coming in with – it sounds like – it feels like he's got a little bit more of a role that he understands – um, and he's kind of getting a, l- a little bit more comfortable, hopefully, with his own body so that he's not going to be f- flopping yeah. all around the court. Um, no. But when he was out there tonight, him and Pritchard, and, and I know we talked about um, uh, Romeo a little bit earlier. I mean, those, those three guys, those guys kind of need to be the ones that, that step up and stand out. And I, and I just think that they are doing that. Well, let me ask you, let me, let me put this out there. Tell me if, I don't know, read into this quote, if you will. Ime Udoka's praise for Neesmith tonight. And, and Bobby, you were in, you were listening to this, uh, I think, before you jumped on here. Yeah, with Ime. And, and he said he's a very good complimentary player. I'm proud of him. That's Ooh. not a bet. That's not a bad, that's kind of a backhanded compliment. It's not a right. terrible thing to be, but a guy like Neesmith, a lottery pick. Uh, well, you know what he, he said? You know what you're he hoping said it'll come in there. Yeah. So give me some context on that because at face value, it does not seem like a ringing endorsement. It's kind of like, yeah, he's a good little bit player we might use from time to time. And we're talking about a guy who you want to see fighting for legitimate rotational minutes up into the 18 to 20 range a night. But yeah, go ahead, Bob. We've kind of, we've kind of drawn a theme throughout preseason through Brad and E. May of the young guys kind of having an uphill battle, the opportunity on this roster, needing to earn it. You like, you know, the backhanded compliments, or even just the criticisms that, you know, E. May has levied at these guys. And he's obviously pretty loose with being honest and, you know, speaking his mind on where guys need to be better. Um, you know, you mentioned that comment on Neesmith. I remember asking about Neesmith earlier in preseason and hearing, um, you know, we don't want him to be a liability on defense. You know, like that was like something he actually said about Neesmith early in the preseason. So they're being very honest. And um, I think uh, kind of making these young guys really like feel the pressure. Like you got to step up and earn this. Like it's not just going to be given you like it has been in recent years because of where the roster's been at. Uh, there's a strong veteran core on this team. And I think for Pritchard and Langford and Andy Smith, like they're going to have to show out to, you know, step in the games and roles on this team. And so far they have, like, there's a lot more poise with uh, Neesmith and Pritchard in particular, I feel like coming into this camp versus last year's where they were erratic at times, you know, kind of up and down all over the place, moved game, moving too fast for both of them at different points. I thought like they both just kind of carry like, a, a big, a stronger sense of confidence. I feel like coming into this one. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. I want to remind everyone again about our sponsor, a new sponsor on the Garden Report, Insa. Okay, another green team you should know all about. Get it? Ooh, yes. I get it. Yeah, get it. Uh, Massachusetts premier cannabis dispensaries, Insa. That's I N S A. Premier because they're the founders, Pat and Pete. They re-engineered the cannabis model from what they sell to how they sell it, while never forgetting it's for everyone. Insa dispensaries are inviting and modern, so come in, uh, and you can learn more. The staff are friendly. They're authorities on the 
product and on the science. They can answer every question, the difference between flowers, concentrates, offerings for insomnia, anxiety, whatever you have it. Or if you just want to chill with your friends, uh, it has a world-class chef and only hires the most respected growers who perfected their craft. Uh, so Okay. You, yep. The North Shore so loves should, them. We yep. should do a little INSA before one of our sh next shows. Yeah. Just to see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, I usually do it with about 15 minutes left in the show. I, I, I tell you, know, <laughs> yeah. I was doing it in the fourth quarter. That's why, I, that's why you always get a little loopy towards the end. I'm going to be right back, guys. <laughs> oh, boy. That's how that, John survived the fourth. When the screen no, goes but, black uh, for a minute. I'm going to insa. Uh, the Salem so, location, yeah. neighbors, right down the street from me. Everybody right down the street. about them. So Salem, East Hampton, two Springfield locations, uh, including one just off uh, I-91 next to the MGM Casino. Uh, mentioned oh. the Garden Report, told you to stop by for a sweet T-shirt for just a penny. Uh, go to insa.com if you want to inquire, 877-500-INSA. Uh, once again, our sponsor, insa, go to insa.com. That's my biggest takeaway by far. And Sherrod, I'm curious your opinion. Both um, Neesmith, you see, like I said, you got to slow it down for the kid when he's going a million miles an hour. You know, it, it it looks really sloppy and you you get worried like, OK, this isn't sustainable because you put, you know, he could just he could do so much damage in a short period of time that you're like, you can't trust playing him for long stints when he's just lost on defense, fouling friggin every 10 seconds. Um, but the confidence and Romeo, especially Romeo looks way more comfortable this year uh, in the, in the couple of preseason games that we saw, you know, and the stat line wasn't as impressive as the other night when he knocked down all those threes, but he's confidently stepping into threes. He took a great catch and shoot where his foot was on the line late in the game. He's dribbling and going to the hole. He's dribbling, going to the hole and creating. And he's also uh, that working in a little bit of a floater, which is a shot you have to have a little bit of confidence to take. But remember last year I was talking about what do I want to see out of Romeo? 37% for corner threes and get to your spots and get a little bit of that, that stuff. You know, that he was a guy who's a slasher. You want to see him get right. there. He has that long stride. It's almost, I'm not going to say like Pierce, but a little bit there where he yeah, can kind of, but he glides, you know, like he's got long, long strides and he can get Avery places. To Pierce. <laughs> no, I'm saying just in terms of the long, that, that, that like, how, he's like a bit of a long strider. So he's a B level yeah. player. I don't know what he is, but well, that's what Pierce is, according to you. Uh, oh, if you want listen, me to dig up that it. video? If you want me to redig that video up, I will. You don't have to dig it up. I'll say it all over we, again. We've said it over and over again. Out of <laughs> all the young players on this roster, the path to a role on this team is shortest for Romeo, just because of how much built-in respect there is for his defense, the slight playmaking hints you see from him, and then. Like, I've said it ever since his first year. Like, there was all this noise around his shot coming into the league. And, yes, it looked bad those opening weeks. But it's just really stabilized really fast. Like, when you think of Simmons and Fultz and some of these other guys that have come in with huge problems in that regard, I know he's 0 for 3 tonight. But in summer league, 38%. Like you said, a couple of these other games, knocking down threes in the corner especially. I think there's real potential in him at low volumes yeah. being able to well, knock down the sure one to three Romeo shots guy. per game. Yeah. Well, here's the sure. thing about Romeo. He's taking the damn shot. Yeah, I mean that, that that to me is 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 a big part of the, the narrative around Romeo. The fact is he's actually trying to get better at something that is clearly an area of weakness in his game up to this point. And that's that's what you want your young guys to do. You know, the thing about about Ime that I, I like is even though Ime, from from what I've heard and, and Popovich even talked about this, he's not a drinker, but 
Ime is giving us some straight no chaser truth about his players when he talks about them. When guys are complimentary players, because that's what, frankly, that's what, you know, our, our good friend Neesmith is going to be this year for this team. At best, a nice complimentary player. And he's, again, there may be nice where he'll go off for 20, but when he does that, it's more likely than not going to compliment a Tatum or Brown or an Al yeah. Horford or someone else. And so that's being real. And as far as Roman is concerned, he has to become a better shooter. He has to knock down open shots. I like the fact that what Ime is, I think he's done a really good job of letting us see a little bit behind the curtain about what he's seeing and what he thinks needs to be improved upon. And guys, there, I don't think there's any confusion or guesswork as to what the coach wants from them because he's letting them know pretty clear, you know, Neesmith, you need to be someone who can do certain things, but understand your role, that you're not – this is not Vanderbilt. You're not going to go out there and take 25, 30 shots and Jerry Stackhouse – I'm not Jerry Stackhouse. I'm not cool with that. You need to understand what you need to do well. Be efficient. Be someone that can, again, supplement what our core guys can do. And then over time, obviously, you can you can expound upon that and become a bigger part of what we do. But right now, he really does need to be a star in his role, and that role is to be a compliment to Tatum and Brown. Yeah, I agree a thousand percent. I was going to say pretty much just that is that you know when you when we're talking about filling out this starting lineup, we're always trying to figure out who's the last you know one or two guys you know depending on the game who are they going to fit in there. Well, there's a great option right there, and in, in, in um, Neesmith. And it's not because of, you know, his cap- his ability to be the superstar of the team. It's his ability to fit in around those guys and give the game what it needs on, you know, on the offensive side. He can space the floor or if he gets better, you know, slash into the rim. Not quite like Rome. Oh, not he's, quite not like Rome. he's he's my least favorite option there. Like he really is. But it is and an option, though. It's an option. And wait, the, what the are space- your what are your rank your options then? Double. I, 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 yeah, uh. number one, clearly. I think eventually I want to get to a place where it's Richard. That's not the case right now, but that's Richard? my dream later in the season, just because of the spacing. Like I think he's a better shooter than Neesmith than what we've seen so far, especially in that role. Probably. So um, then you kick Smart out of the point guard spot? No, I'd play him next to Smart. Okay, so like he defensively you're going to get Kyrie. murdered. Yeah. yeah. I feel like no, but that's too. further down the line. For right now, it's Horford, I feel like, just because, and this is what I my problem well, is. Well, it's not going to be Horford spot. on Friday, next Friday, by the looks of it. Yeah, that's a good point. Womp, womp. <laughs> we, we, we'll get a good look at like what the final incarnation of that. I think Wancho is in play too. John said this, um, uh, you know, when they when they did that, like it's actually a decent stopgap measure there. You you know break into some like, other rotations like said, as you go through the game, but then you you know you have Hernan Gomez in that four spot just because he fits good I, next to the other guys. I'm going back to I, I'm going back to what I said last game because I'm starting to think it's most likely it's hard to know if if Horford or Jalen are late coming in you have no idea so it's going to be funky to start but I really do think the core four and a rotational fifth based on matchups could be a very likely scenario for this team yeah I, I don't know he may think I think they're gonna have well, an every night. he let's may think get... that's the dumbest idea in the world it just it makes sense to me though it makes a lot of sense it makes a lot of sense because you can play a lot of different lineups yeah who has separated themselves from the rest of the pack. I mean, I, I it makes right. total perfect sense. Yes. Well, regardless of who's starting, we shouldn't get so hung up on it, but just, you know, those are going to be lineups, whether they're at the start of the game or at some point yeah, yeah, in yeah. the game. You can be the first, 
you know, if Neesmith is the first guy off the bench and he's going to be playing. You just want to be in the top eight. You just want to be yeah, in that top eight because, because if you're in the top eight, you know you're going to play and you can play your way into more minutes right. if you're balling. Right. But so the starters way, matter because be you're complimentary. The starters matter because you're playing with starters and your game is different when you're playing with starters and you know you're going to get a six to eight minute run in the first, a six to eight minute run in the third, and possibly close the game. So you are playing with a different group of people and your role is different as a result. But not only if you're that, Aaron but... Neesmith coming in, if you're Aaron Neesmith with the starters, your job is stand in the corner and wait for the ball. If you're playing with a second unit, you might be asked to create a little bit more you know it's it, it's but that's, all different but, but that makes him complimentary right is that he can kind of do sure mo- those all those types of roles you know he's yeah. he's at that stage in his career where he's not expecting to be the focal point of you know the starting lineup or anything even remotely but close my worry my worry with him is still his defense you still see him like just kind of get lost in space the switching action that they're doing they've had a really tough time and i think schroeder's talked about this too just handing guys off uh, knowing where to go when to hit the you know gas pedal and follow another guy downhill to the rim they've been a mess with those switches tonight wasn't as bad i don't think they've the magic targeted it the way the Raptors did and the magic did in that first game. And they no, tried thought- some other stuff out there tonight, but man, Neesmith, like he's still got to kind of have that positional awareness on that end of the floor. He, his hips get turned really easily too. When guys attack him. You know, I thought I thought this was actually one of his better games in that regard because there were situations where he got switched out on a big, and that big could not get to that sweet spot, so they had to reset the offense, which allowed him to get back on the wing that he was initially guarding. He did that on a couple occasions, which shocked the hell out of me because, as, as you pointed out, Bobby, they do a good job with that. Yeah, he's usually but- a hot mess defensively. Um, I didn't I didn't think he was that bad uh, tonight. Obviously, you were not. He wasn't amazingly awesome, but. Right. This was this was a I thought this was a step in the right direction for him defensively. Uh, didn't cringe nearly as much as I usually do when he's on defense. No, and he doesn't like have to explode this year again. For much of last year, he was kind of a non-factor, and then he caught yep. wind at the end. If we're looking at his shooting stretch and just his overall production going back to where he really got going around that Spurs sixty-point Tatum game last year, mm-hmm. like he he with volume now, not only from three but from two. He's looking like a real solid, efficient, all-around scorer. To be able to put up 20, 25 with ease like he's done in summer and now in this kind of environment. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think we sort of had this picture of him coming in of just kind of being this three and nothing else kind of guy who's just going to knock down a million threes and not do much else. There's a real all-around versatility to his game that almost makes you feel better about his future prospects as a player than when he came in on draft night as sort of a specialist seemingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I when I look at his game, and, and it's you know obviously because they went to the same high school and they play the same position and are about the same size, he really does remind me of Chris Middleton. Only when you think back to Chris Middleton when he came into the league at this point, it's I think Neesmith is fair to say is, is a little bit ahead of him because remember Middleton was on the move real quick. Uh, yeah. He was a second <laughs> round pick, uh, and so. Neesmith, I bet people forget he played for the Pistons. Stealing for, for Neesmith, it's a little bit closer, I think, to being a reality than um, it was for, you know, when Middleton was going through that for his first time. So I, I'm I'm cool with where Neesmith is at right now. I like the fact that he's being talked about as a complimentary player because I think that's a role that he can fill and he can do well in that role. If, we're, if you need him to be a 15 to 18 point per game score, you are going to be disappointed badly. He's not there yet. Can he get there? Yes, but he's nowhere close to being that type of player who can give you that kind of production mm-hmm. consistently. But he can give you a nice lift off the bench, scoring the ball, knocking down some open shots, which 
for him, that has to be the one thing that you do. Well, other than play good, solid defense, it's knockdown open shots. I want to well, throw the guy. The guy everybody to loves to compare to. The guy everybody wants Neesmith to be when he grows up is uh, Duncan Clay Robinson. Thompson. No, I mean Duncan Robinson is. One, I don't see Robinson it, at this point. No, I I don't either. I just know because of the shooting and because that's his one te- elite skill. And though Robinson is clearly a better overall shooter but this is what Neesmith was supposed to be elite at and so that's what you want to see him be able to do while he hones other parts of his game so that's why Robinson I think is used as a comp he was 13 points a game in his second year and he's been the same in the third I think he Robinson you've seen all he's going to be he's kind of plateaued but that's good that's a compliment that's a a role a, a guy who plays his role which is what I do is shoot I'm instant offense you if I would feel better about Neesmith if you felt he's going to come in and man, when he's got those shots, he's knocking down those shots, but the shots not consistent enough either. You could, you could um, excuse some of the warts as he works through those. If he was instant offense Um, and he's not yet, I think that more is what is holding him back than the other stuff. Bobby is if you, if you, if you were certain he was going to come in and knock down those threes, you'd be like, great. That's what I've got. Well, that's what excites me. He's polished in this regard. That's what excites me about what we're seeing from him because I never imagined that he would have an in-between game and off-the-dribble game, the stuff we saw him experiment with in Vegas. Uh, you know, some Middleton-esque stuff, as Sherrod put it out there. I never saw that in him coming in. And now he's starting to flash it. Do you see that turnaround he had? Like the mm-hmm. almost Jalen Brown kind of move that he pulled yes, out in the that, nice. that game? I never imagined this kind of stuff from him. So the fact that, like, I don't think he's ever going to be a Robinson, like, 44 45% three-point shooter, like, among the elites of the league. If he's just a really good three-point shooter and flashes some of that in-between finishing action, like, he all of a sudden isn't just a specialist. He's a really good complementary all-around scorer uh, alongside the Jays at, at, at his peak. And that's what excites me because I – like, that wasn't on the scouting report for him coming into this league. Like, we all really thought he was just going to kind of be that, like, stand in the corner and knock down every three you throw at him. And he disappointed in that sense early on, but he's kind of, and we talked about, like, the adjustment he made becoming that scrapper. He's yeah. almost on the offensive end adjusted to become more of an all-around scorer because he's not knocking down a million threes like a Robinson. Yeah, well, he had a couple late, um, but you're right. He's, he reinvented himself, you know, it just to – to, to be able to get by last year because yeah. he couldn't, he couldn't. So he's like, all right, I'm just going to go and try to kill myself every night. Um, <laughs> and you know, th- not throw, you throw that art of falling comment out again. He told us that one first, John, when we yeah. interviewed him last year, that was so yeah. funny. That was funny. Um, so yeah. So, uh, Neesmith, yes. Romeo. Again, I liked Romeo a lot tonight, maybe even more than the night where he knocked down his threes because I want to see him be aggressive and assertive with the ball. So again, I'm I'm negotiating with Sherrod on some of my Romeo stock. <laughs> Can um, we do Pritchard? I am so excited <laughs> about Pritchard. Why? Well, yeah, why? He broke his nose. No, but because... I I'm not I'm not not excited about Pritchard. I just feel like we already know. Like we we feel he's not a question mark for me. He's kind of who we thought he would be. I mean, solid point guard, and even best knockdown shots. Uh, isn't as I don't think he's a huge liability defensively. Certainly not a great defender. Um, he's kind of what we thought he was. I think you know. 
Yeah, I mean, we knew he'd be a great. I didn't shooter. think he was going to be anything when they drafted him. So I'm actually. <laughs> I'm thinking about at his last season to where I'm he's saying now. even he's here, summer fun. league, we oh, got okay. a good sense no, of who he's, he is. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. he got off to a hot start in this league, but he's doing those things better now. And like the shooting in particular, it's. I don't league. think we knew. So. We didn't know he'd be that good. That range. It's, the range, yeah, the range and the efficiency. Is a bit of a surprise. He's got better range than I thought. Yeah. yeah, and his command on the floor is getting better too, which is where they really pushed him. He it was rougher in the second quarter. He came into the first quarter just guns blazing when it came to transition and getting them set up in that half court, um, which is obviously where he needs to improve the most if he's going to be able to play some point guard this year. But when it comes to off ball shooting, he's as good as anybody in the league to me right now. Catch and shoot, like it is, it is phenomenal <laughs> the way he's able to step out from deep and. You know, do it. If you look at his summer league stats and you look at his stats through the preseason, he's pushing 50% from three on like six, seven attempts a game. Like this guy is an elite shooter. And, you know, there's other parts of the game that you have to round out, Sherrod. I know that's where you're going to go. But like that one skill in particular is your moneymaker in this league. And you got a guy who is really great at it. I, Bobby, I, I. I, I, I'm I'm struggling to come up with the worst. The range. How many guys are stepping so out where he stepped out? Wait, he out you say deranged? Yeah, that, that's no, a good the, word actually. The range. He's out. Deranged, Jimmy. He's not well half, done. <laughs> he's not out at half court, but we have we have to be able to make points without hyperbole, though, right? Like his stats, right. John. His stats are phenomenal. I know, but he can't be the best shooter in the league. Are through three preseason No, games. like I, I'm not calling him Perry, <laughs> but <laughs> it was almost funny seeing him go at Fred Van Fleet on Saturday because that's who he's starting to look like in terms of the range and the efficiency from three. Uh, obviously, doing a small stature. Too. We mentioned if Van Fleet was the ceiling, that would be what a what It'd a be unbelievable what a win that would be. For Danny Ainge's right? last uh, last gift for the Celtics. <laughs> yep. Yeah, absolutely. He's good. I'm just I'm I'm a I'm a little hesitant to give him too much praise just because from a physical standpoint, Pritchard plays a position where he's fighting just to break even most nights. He's typically playing but they've had other guys to rod. Isaiah, Kai, like Kemba. They've gotten by with those guys on the floor in the past. Yeah, but 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 you're talking about basically five, six, seven guys in a league of four hundred and fifty. So they're they're not they're not that common. I mean, I I think let's let's put it this way. I think what we've seen from Pritchard gives us all hope that he's going to be someone that'll be in the league for a long, long time. But there are parts of his game that unless he grows and gets better, not when I say grow, I'm not talking about physical. I'm talking about expands his game. He's gonna be okay, you know, Delavadova type of guy, a good player, but. Is not Delhi? really going to move the needle per se. Better than that. Listen, I, I he's, he's better than that. But I'm saying I in, think he's that, better than that. in that range, he's that I mean, type of player. He's got he's he's got that range this early in his career. He's got a little got a little swagger about him. He's definitely I got like confidence. That. I love his game, I, and I I think that's great. And um, I know it was it was a couple shows ago. I think it was maybe John who said he was going to play even less minutes than he played last year. Yeah, that's due to um just the Possibly. other guys that they brought in. Yeah. yeah. I, and I and I think they have to find a way to get this guy more time out there, whether it's at the right, one Jimmy. or the two. Well, so, Richard is going to help if he keeps shooting the way he does. He's going to make it real yeah. easy for Eme to just make the decision. Because then it'll be like, well, you know, Richardson, you're playing decent defense, but we're pretty damn good with or without you. Wait, he, and you're not making shots. I'm going to say shots. I'm going to say this. You know, this is my my rough like I, I, 
I'm going to, I don't know if it's even out on a limb. Cause I think a lot of people might feel this way too. I, I get the feeling that everyone is going to hate Richardson minutes from the get-go at all times, starting he's on gonna be, remember my, he's gonna be start, this season's Grant Williams. He's going to be this season's Grant. That's starting not a on, bold position. Bold but starting position. on day one, every time he's in, everyone's going to be like, I wish Get someone else was in instead. <laughs> Get him out, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, they're, and they're going to want Pritchard to be that one in there because what Richardson Pritchard does or do Neesmith well or someone. exactly yeah. what Pritchard, Pritchard does exceptionally well, which is so, yeah. make open shots. Or not, or, that, not that, it, not it's that really bold, only gonna, but yeah. yeah. It's only going to stand out when he shoots and misses. If he's in there and Tatum and Brown are, are getting their shots up and, and you know, Timler's doing his thing, then it's not going to be that big of a deal. Yeah, he's in there as the complimentary player and he's, you know, playing defense. But as soon as he starts to take a couple shots, clang, clang, whatever – so like, get him out. Just get him out. He hasn't made out. a three yet. Yeah, through his first two preseason In his games. life. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like this comment. No, I'm not a big Richardson fan. <laughs> I think his defense his defense will back. endear himself to some Champs. people, though. His defense, oh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, defense isn't going to put asses A couple people above. made that, yeah. After last year, Jimmy, I think people will be getting excited about defense with this team. <laughs> they just need they to play good so team, bad team defense. Bobby good likes, team defense. Bobby Bobby gets excited about defense, he team does. defense, and field people goals. People get excited about defense. His, his big on. thing is defense, defense. And, and, He's and just field, not ready on the defense. And field goal kicking. Field goals, I told yeah. you Nick Folk wins games. Oh, this <laughs> Nick Folk is your AFC uh, special teams player of the week, John. I will have yeah. you know. I know he's he's it's a late career renaissance. Bobby um, Bobby had one. Bobby went out and partied for that after that was announced. Bobby's been Bobby's been trying to find siblings of his to do podcasts with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, does Nick Fult have a younger sister? <laughs> Wait, or a daughter? He's pretty old. Didn't we bring I, Cornette to camp? What happened? Is he here? No, because. I don't know how that worked out. I had heard that like didn't they we might sign ship- him to one of these? We sent him to some wild I'd, contract that was I'd like never heard. It was ex- like a te- uh, yeah, ex- it was like exception forty two or something. Yeah, X four two eight Z. They might have fast tracked him to Maine. And everybody was but, like, uh, Zarin did it again. <laughs> <laughs> they were. That was actually me. Bob, Bob, <laughs> Bobby, what a deal! Unbelievable. Play. This is a starting caliber center that the Celtics just signed to some. Made up contract. I, like <laughs> I love that. What a well, deal! It, hey, it makes sense. What he's I said somewhere. That. He's getting. A, he must be getting the check from the Celtics in some capacity. Yeah, they might have at some point. They might have done the immediate like fast track to Maine in that sense. I am surprised he wasn't in camp though. Yeah, you know, just as a body and a a competitor out there. Uh, they, the guys that they brought like in would, camp. I don't know if we want to spend like 30 seconds on this, but uh, they brought Jawan Morgan in the camp. I know he's been hurt, but no, we don't. I'm just saying, like, you know, when we see Cornette and what he can bring to the team, (laughs) there's certain guys in camp that just haven't gotten minutes. You know, Theo Pinson finally got some today. Theo can ball. Theo can ball. Yeah, but is he going to factor in? You know, no. I'd I'd rather have Cornette than some of the guys they've brought in the camp. We just lost a third of our viewers oh. in, the, in, in those forty. Listen, seconds. that was a real thing that happened tonight, but that's why John <laughs> tuned out and Jimmy probably fell asleep. Well, U.S. U.S. was hanging on to two one lead over Costa Rica, so I wanted to make sure I watched the end of that game um, instead of the fourth quarter. So I Can apologize. I just, I'm why, gonna why, give why? Jimmy huge huge props for what he. Just I came said. back. I only missed five minutes. What do you got? Jimmy said, "Find a way to get Pritchard on the floor." That's all I ask. 
consistently play more than last year to what John said, the opposite of what John said. Um, because in positionless basketball, he doesn't have to be the point guard. Smart can do that or whoever else is playing that position. He doesn't have to defend the wings or great defenders. You can find ways to hide him on the defensive end of the floor. He can almost play that pseudo you know, two-guard wing position, almost his natural position, I would say, it's looking like in this league. So just find a way, shoehorn those minutes in because right. they need a shooting. And the thing I like about having a brand-new coach is that everyone kind of has their chance to make an impression. And, mm-hmm. you know, Pritchard, if, if, he's ab- if he's absolutely doing his thing in practice, he's going to get playing time. If he's, if he's, you know, hitting those shots in practice, like, you know, over smart or over Schroeder or whoever it is, and he's showing that he can, you know, roll with these guys, he's going to get his time. And he's, no one's, you know, no one's got the benefit of the doubt or no one's favored. I mean, may, maybe Tatum is because, you know, obviously he's a superstar. I'm not comparing Pritchard and Tatum's roles. I'm just saying, you know, it's not like, there's a coach that's been here for four or five years and kind of has his favorites or kind of has guys that he, you know, trusts more. You know, these guys are all coming in with a clean slate. So this is Pritchard's time to say, hey, you know, like, I deserve a bigger role. I deserve to be, you know, out there, whether it's the one or the two, whether it's, you know, I'm starting or coming off the bench. Like, I, I deserve, you know, 20-plus minutes a game. Yeah, but And he's also, playing like it. Right. And they've also got uh, the whole Oregon connection, you know, with both – you know, playing their, their prep ball back there and, and having that familiarity with, with each other. So, I mean, you know, Pritchard is in a good position to just not to just play the game and know that he's getting a fair shake. Um, and I think that's what all players ideally want is to come into camp right. and know that, you know, these there, there aren't all of these predetermined preset locked in spots that have me on the outside looking in. So he knows he's going to get a fair shake. Um, but again, I, I just think it's going to at some point come down to, Jay Rich and Pritchard. Who are you going to lean a little bit more on if, if you're Eme? Because they both bring something to the table that can benefit your team. Uh, my gut tells me that Eme is going to lean on Josh at first. That's not going to work. And then he's going to switch. He's going to pivot over and play. I felt that way all along. Yeah. And I have no problem with starting with Richardson. And again, he's not my favorite player in the world, but I really respect his defense intensity and, um, you know, frankly, just kind of his role in the room, too. I think he's a really good guy to have in this room, speaks his mind, um, you know, just has like a tough persona to him. Uh, I think Bruno Fernando, even at the back end of the roster, is just another good guy to have in the room on this group, energizer. So Richardson, I think, in Ime's sense, is going to be a lot like Brad in terms of giving the benefit of the doubt to the veterans here. And I think Richardson's deserved it to the point, and they need a defender and a defensive identity to start this year. Um, that's the other thing about the starting lineup to kind of go back to that is how many bad starts did this team get off to last year? They really need to find the right combinations to be able to set a tone in games. I think that's going to be the important part of those things. And I don't love Richardson in the starting lineup, but if they really think that him and Smart can go out there and just smashing people's heads around, then and that's the way they get going to open games. I think it works out. I'm fine with well, we it. Got, I mean, seven of the first 10 games are on the road, so they're going to have to muck it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, just to really just take a little bit of the steam out of the teams that they're playing in their building. So I, I, I don't, I'm not feeling Richardson necessarily starting. Uh, I definitely think he'll play early on. I'm not either, but if Horford's out, I, don't, I think it's an option. That's the thing. If Horford's out, because obviously everybody would want Horford in there over Richardson. Right. I mean, from what yeah. I've seen, Horford's been one of the bigger surprises of the preseason, at least for me. I didn't come in with much expectations. I mean, I, I knew that he was, you know, still capable of playing, but certainly I it was. It looks like uh, he never left. 
That's what I mean. I've been saying I, that over I, and over again. You know, I thought that last year in in OKC, I wasn't sure how much of that was is Al just you know not the same guy anymore. Is OKC just really trying to like lose? Like, so I came in to this season thinking like you know if they can get you know almost like a chemist situation where it's like I don't know if the, what where this guy's health is going to be. I don't know what he's capable of doing or where he fits. But so far, and I know it's again it's a free preseasons in and there's plenty of time left, but he seems like uh, what the hell is so funny? He Just, seems like somebody who can contribute. What's going on in Go the on. chat? It's, sorry. <laughs> you have control of the chat, John. Let it rip. Nothing. I just <laughs> let it rip. I thought I thought somebody let one rip, and I started giggling. And, oh, and no! You know what that was? And that, and then the, the, I, the, I moved my seat. That was the classic seat. seat. So Look, it was Jimmy. The, the chat's been all over it, so I've just been like, hold on. I didn't even know you guys could hear that. Call. The chat called it. It was Jimmy. <laughs> it was Jimmy. I was when like, wasn't I wasn't going to say anything. I was like, okay, so that happened. And I just kept going. Jimmy, <laughs> I, need to, happens, I need to hear that live. When that it, happens, it just went like, like, right at a dead pause in our talk. And I was like, <laughs> I thought it was so, Jimmy. That's like a press conference <laughs> fart like situation. Uh, I wish I could recreate so funny. it. But... Yeah. Once oh, that wow. happens, though, Jimmy, it's it was hard to blame. It was I'm not going to live that down, am I? Jimmy, it was the chair. That's another slogan. Right? <laughs> it was the chair. Homeschool, no one's, chair. It no was one's the ever chair. buying that excuse. Uh, no, I know. I shouldn't have even said it was the chair. I should have just owned, owned a <laughs> fart. Owned it. Well, you can get away with that in homeschool, Jimmy, but you can't get away with that here. Right. <laughs> not on the garden report. You never, you never knew what it was. Yeah. I can't not wait to actually report. hear it because, you know, I don't hear it the way you guys heard it, obviously, so. Yeah, and so we're clear. we're at 36 right now. They'll probably go to about the 34, 34, 34 and a half, yeah, 34, 30, yeah, right that. around there. Yeah. <laughs> the the fart. What, I should have well, known because you guys. Someone's gonna do like, like a YouTube breakdown of... of it, you know, like yeah. Slow mo. <laughs> <laughs> the facial, like. Oh. <laughs> yeah, in pu- public school, you wouldn't have, that wouldn't have slid to me. They would have been all over. Yeah, I would have been a dead man. Yeah. <laughs> So good. There was um, no crime worse in school. Man, I'm yeah. going to have to go uh, scroll through the comments now. So before we get into Kyrie and Ben, we will a little bit. I was going to ask um, Sherrod <laughs> about his man, Jabari, um, who is a mystery to me because, again, we talked last game. He kind of looks exactly the same um, as he did last year physically, <laughs> um, you know, which is – I guess a little, little disappointing because you wanted to see like, could he recapture anything? Could he come back looking like a, you know, version of the guy who was averaging 15 points a game instead of like, you know, bench fodder. Um, he looks very similar to the same guy. The question is, do you value what he brings enough to have him earn that last spot or see, not? Not because I don't know what to do with him. See, I'm, I'm, I'm in the camp of keeping him. Um, I, I just think guys who are professional scorers guys who in score. the NBA are not they don't just grow on trees and you've got him at a great price so it's not like you have this you have this huge investment in him and let's be real he just wants to be on the damn roster he just wants to be able to to at some point potentially play in games and that's really all if you're the Celtics that's all you want to me he's more like an insurance policy in case offense is out of whack or a, a guy in the front court or two guys in the front court can't go and you need someone to give it give you a little bit of offensive punch Jabari, he's he's a, he's good for that role. I was intrigued by Garrison uh, Matthews. I, I thought Matthews. Garrison Matthews was a good Jabari's guy. Jabari's my pick to too, Sherrod. 
Yeah, I just haven't seen it from Matthews. I thought Matthews had a chance to push him, but hasn't. So Parker, I think, won the job tonight. And hitting threes on top of it. See, I mean, John, that's the would... part about that's the part about his game that has really been just an eye opener because this is a guy who's shot better year. than like thirty six percent from three point range. I you mean, couldn't even he's got ten footers. Right. I mean, he's if he's able to knock down that shot and score around the basket the way we know he can, that's a guy that you could easily throw out there for five, ten minutes, you know, and get you like four or five points in no time. And that could be very just what you need to get your offense on track and find ways to win. So, And I think the great thing about it is you talk about his pedigree as a scorer. Mm-hmm. A guy of his skill set, his baseline skill set, that's obviously been completely hampered by injuries, mm-hmm. uh, being a 14th, 15th man on a roster. <laughs> Jimmy can't get it together. Can you just like, take the thing down? Can you just take the message down? <laughs> John's blaming Jimmy for what he did. I just keep seeing it. I'm just laughing about it. But like... <laughs> Sorry. No, but Jimmy's you, you my know, guy. You don't come across this opportunity where a guy like this is probably happy to be here in this position and can play this role on the roster really well. Like if we're ranking the 15th guy on every roster in the league, he's got to be up there, right? In terms of skill set, he's he's just we should do that. You should do a power pedigree. rankings of the 15th. Of the last you know, and the thing about Jabari, you don't have to worry about him ego tripping about yes. being the 15th guy. That's my point. Yeah, right. I would he's watch just happy like to a, be on a team. I would a, watch a like team a that actually can win. Yeah, I would Sorry, watch like no. a Hunger Games sort of, uh, you know, uh, you know, thing for the fifteenth man. You know, like, yes. Really. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about that tonight. To as the these de- guys were these yeah. guys were playing, and it's like, it must be so hard to be on that brink of the roster, and you, you obviously want to do the right thing in the moment, but at the same time, you want to show that you can play. And like, you like if 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 you're you know Parker and the three is there you want to take it but maybe maybe he could have made a pass to the guy under the hoop i mean i'm just throwing out an example but it's like it must be really difficult to show that like you know like you're good enough to be on this team but also like you don't want to you know you don't want to get lost in the team ball game where you don't really stand out but you know you end up with like a plus six when you're out there but you didn't really do anything so it just well, must be he's super on floor, hard everyone to... on his squad knows what he does and who he is and what he's about. He is a professional scorer. He gets buckets. That's his game. You're not looking for Jabari Parker to make that great block at the rim. You're not looking for Jabari Parker to draw a charge. You're looking for him to knock down some shots. You're looking for him, when he heads back to the bench, there should be five, six, seven points under his name. That is what you expect from him. And Uh, that's right. You expect like this type of line, to be honest. But yeah, let's, let's, this, this, is, this is what you expect. This tonight was exactly what you expect from Jabari. That, he's going to make some mistakes on defense. He's probably not going to rebound the ball as well as you want. But damn, he's got like eight, nine points in little to no time. Well, that's a great point because if we throw it back to the day they signed him and cut Mo, and we said, all right, this is what you're going to get from him. And we showed you the stat line through the playoffs and into now. I think we all would have been thrilled with that. I mean, back then he was on the edge of being out of the league and now he's scoring eight to 10 points. If you throw him in the game with relative ease, I thought he had a great series against Brooklyn uh, when he got thrown into that role at the four, the defense is still so bad, like as bad as you can imagine. So I don't think he has a role (laughs) on this team, but again, break glass. You need a lot of offense. You need points in a hurry. looks like he's going to be able to provide that. And that's valuable. He's the opposite of the three and D guy. Um, which is like, <laughs> right. which, which is what you're looking for out of so many, you know, players like triple Matt. and just, dunk. Yeah. He just can't do it. I mean, and you know, by dunk, we mean like 
get your fingers over just the rim. barely like, like right under the hoop <laughs> yeah barely 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 so, he used to he have some ups move. though he used he to have some ups before now. the injuries and things like that he did based uh, on more athletic he was, he, was, he was never an elite athlete but his uh, he could use his athleticism to score now it's just so limited it's, that it's it's all just kind of craft and guile now you know and a little bit of brute force because he's a little bit bigger than he was too right. but he's completely lost uh lost that so uh, let's pivot let's pivot a little bit because we did want to talk about um just a little bit uh the latest with the Kyrie stuff um it got weird uh fast and it got serious fast in the sense that uh in a 24-hour period you had uh the Nets announcing that Kyrie was not going to uh be with the team anymore and then you've got Shams uh coming out today I, Shams redeeming himself today with a report about Kyrie after writing that ridiculous thing yesterday um, that, um, you know, it was Kyrie's <laughs> being an ambassador for for the uh, disenfranchised who are uh, having to, you know, live through vaccine mandates. And that's what he's standing up for. So he's got a cause, but he's not telling anybody what the cause is, whatever. Right. Um, but now now the now this has turned into the Nets are done, done. Uh, and uh, the report is they're not going to offer him an extension. Now, what's interesting about the Kyrie stuff, and again, we're not getting into should should you take it, my body, my choice. We're just literally talking about Kyrie's choice, which is costing him a season and all of this money and this team that he was the architect of assembling uh, a chance at winning an NBA title. And, you know, and what was very interesting was Sean Marks not only sent out the release yesterday saying that Irving was uh, not going to rejoin the team, but then he held a press conference right after. And he was like, yeah, we all talked about it. We all agreed upon it. And he named people by name. He named James Harden. He named Kevin Durant. He named Joe the two Harris. stars signed off on it. The that stars was the... signed off. And so you're wondering like, wow, that's a big deal because Durant – this is where Kyrie has now finally realized he has no allies. I'm going to play real quick this clip. This is James Harden asked about whether he'd talk to Kyrie today. This is great. Have you talked to Kyrie since the sitting game? Have you talked to Kyrie since? No, I haven't talked to him. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Very, very short answer there. Yeah. I'm wrap. I'm done with this dude. Done. Remember a year ago. I don't. I don't. James. I'm done with him. Remember a year ago when that whole Harden saga was going on in his own right. It was like, all right, do the Nets really need him? And you thought at that time could this guy be Kyrie insurance to some degree? And now it's playing out more true than ever. I mean, this was yeah. Kyrie's team. Now it's kind of Harden's team. Well, here's a here's the issue though. I mean, Brooklyn gave up a lot of talent to get James Harden in Brooklyn and for them to potentially lose him because he may not sign that extension because of, of this Kyrie nonsense, Brooklyn, I think Brooklyn, they, they felt they had to make a choice. We either play along with the Kyrie Irving game, which we don't really understand, or we make it clear to James Harden that we're going to do everything we can to keep him here because we want him here. We believe in him and all that other stuff. And if we don't make that clear to him, you know, Daryl Morey in Philly is just like, go ahead. Let him get free and see what happens. I will get him back. So Brooklyn has thrown down a gauntlet that we're, look, Kyrie, we respect what you're thinking and all that other stuff, but we got a business to run. 
we got a championship we're trying to win, and we're not messing around with folks who are not all in with that mission. Sean Marks gives major props, major yeah. props for actually standing up and doing Steve Nash too in the best interest of that organization and that franchise, not only for now, but also going forward. The fact that they're not going to offer him an extension. I mean, that that to me is their understanding that we're not just going to look at this in a in the moment type of, of vacuum. We're looking at both the short and long-term repercussions that can come about with this decision that Kyrie has made. And we respect his decision because it's his, but at the same time, we're not going to stand still. We're not going to allow our organization to be held in this, this, this state of, of, of just inability to move on because he feels a certain way. we got to keep moving. And, I, I again, that look on James Harden's face, the way he responded. Kind of said it all. That said it all. Yeah. They're done. They are done, done with Kyrie. Think, Which is I crazy think, because, yeah. like, go ahead, Jimmy. I, I, no, I was going to just take. say, like, I, I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear that that they have to be frustrated by the situation. I mean, it's listen, it's an unfortunate situation for everybody. Nobody wants to be in this position where you have to choose between, you know, I'm sure these guys were friends or still are friends, and they have to choose between, you know, somebody's decision on, you know, what they think is healthy for them or not, and and the fact that it's, you know, what's better for the team. You know, like you said, I mean, you know, they're, they're put, they put together a, an NBA title contending team here, and they just lost a major, major, major piece. Now, the Nets are still pretty damn good. They, they signed Patty Mills. You know, they've got, they've got players that can make up for the loss of Kyrie to an they extent. The issue that the Nets are going to have is that there's, there can't be a market for Kyrie. He's just too far off the reservation right now. I mean, he, he's out in left, left field. And I'm not just saying because of the COVID, but even before this, I mean, there was, you know, I mean, any, any team that's had Kyrie on their team can tell you, like, how – there's been drama that's, you know, sort of surrounded him, you know, while he's been on the team. Certainly Celtics fans know all, all about it. And there's even been some with the Nets, even, you know, last season, you know, Kyrie missed some time. So there's, there's definitely something going on there on, on, you know, his, where his mind is in terms of basketball and, you know, what's important was, to him. And, and I just, was, I just think that like for some of these guys like Durant and Harden, like basketball is number one for those guys. Like it's clear. I'm not saying like they would choose basketball, yes, over, that's like, where the family, but today. like, but like when it comes to like, like they have a goal and it's to win an NBA title and like they're all aboard. And that, that means, you know, making a decision that's difficult, then they're going to make that decision. But it doesn't seem like Kyrie's on the scene. That's on that's way where this, they are. That's well, there's, where there's, this there's turn. Sac- yeah. There, there's sacrifice in anything and everything you do, whether it's life, whether it's basketball. I mean, getting your ass up at 6 a.m. in the morning to work out and lift weights and all that, that doesn't guarantee you're going to win a championship, but you make that sacrifice because you, it, enhances the likelihood of you getting that 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 accomplishment players do this all the time i i and again i, I keep going back to the media day almost every player in the league asking, did a charade we're at like 98 percent now right right but i keep going back to media day when marcus smart was talking about that and he he went through just his reservations about getting the vaccine but ultimately he decided to get it because he did he didn't want to go through the bs and he didn't want to be a distraction to his team and he knew that there there could be the potential where he might miss some games because of that and that was not good for his team so he gave multiple reasons why you make sacrifices for the betterment of your team and it's 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 hard for players i think to fully comprehend how you can say that you're doing something unselfish and you're not uh it's not about you when in fact everything that all the proof all the receipts show that it kind of is about you because there's a there's a sacrifice that athletes have to make 
if you want to win. It, 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 it's not, and we're not just talking about COVID. We're just or the vaccine. We're just in a very broad general sense. You have to decide how much you're willing to sacrifice. And if you're not willing to make the sacrifices, then fine. Be op- upfront about it. And that's what Kyrie is doing. And Brooklyn's response is, okay, that's your position. That's how you feel. This is what we're going to do. We're not going to let you be a part-time player because we're paying you full-time money. So that's out of the question. And that extension that we talked about, we're not going to do it now. So, again, that's the yeah. choice that you made. That's the choice that we made. Everyone knows where everyone stands. I don't know how the, anyone could offer him an extension at this point in his well, career. Well, Sean said it's off the table with Brooklyn now. Well, yeah. right, and, and I know that. And that, that I mean, yeah. that makes all the sense in the world. I mean, how could, how could the Nets – I mean, it almost doesn't even re- require a report. I mean, how could the Nets possibly be considering – an extension of Kyrie Irving right now. I can't imagine why any team would sign Kyrie Irving with everything that's been going on and the uncertainty with, I mean, there's no stopping any city from putting the same mandate to an extent that New York is, is doing, right? I mean, in terms of, of you know, you need to be vaccinated to, to play in your home games. I mean, who's to say a, a team trades for Kyrie and, and that city puts together a, you know, a mandate, Some right? cities are probably safer than others. <laughs> Some right. cities are safer than others, for Go sure. Go to Texas. You can yeah. do right. anything. Yeah, right. you'll be fine. But, like, you know, if people are talking it, like You, you might actually get penalized for being vaccinated. We're going to talk about Ben Simmons. <laughs> I just I just we thought could, it was so... We could talk about Ben. Look, the Kyrie stuff is a one-sided conversation, it feels like. Right. And no, nobody understands, you know, the rationale. It's just the interesting part of it is I don't know where he goes now because... As I said, is he's lost. Up until now, you had a lot of players sticking up for players. Players saying, like Kyrie. That surprises But they, they like him one, but a lot of people were doing the personal choice. It's that thing, and I'm just not going to get involved with it. And that's fine. However, in this case, I think what they're very clearly saying is it's his personal choice, but it's really effing us right now. Right. So, we, and, and and that's that. So, like, yes, recognize it's your personal choice, but it's impacting us in a lot of ways, and we're pretty bummed about it right now. And I don't know how he walks back in there because now he's just really put himself in a corner. I don't know where he goes next. As far as the Simmons stuff goes, that's a little bit more of a wild card. He showed up, and we don't know anything else, right? Right. Oh. And he, like, he showed up, but the fact that he showed up, uh, a couple things. One. I think he finally it, it finally sunk in that oh shit there's a lot of money I'm gonna be losing if I don't take my ass. When they there and kept show up. when they kept that eight million, that was like all right, I'm going to go get my money. He's basically They're knocking on the now. door and saying, hey, "Give God. me my eight million dollars now." Let's yeah. go. Well, he I'm can here. show up, show up so he gets paid, but that doesn't mean it's gonna work. And he's probably no, just like, "Fine, fine, if you guys aren't gonna trade me, fine." Right. Yeah. And the problem that he's gonna run into is that you cannot replicate the James Harden blueprint for getting out of town because we've seen that movie. And Philly is he not going to fall for that. They're not James fall Harden for can do something that Ben Simmons can't do. Well, and, that and that's the other thing, too. Score at, at a ridiculously least, alarming rate. Well, right. I mean, James, I mean, people knew that James Harden was, was being the way he was because he wanted to leave. But there right. are way more questions about Ben Simmons and mm-hmm. what he would be able to do if you brought him to the fold. Um, because whatever team he goes to, he's probably going to go somewhere where his status will be what it is in Philly in terms of the pecking order or greater. He may be the man. If you trade him to Sacramento, he's that guy. And if you're Sacramento, all you're trying to do is the damn – All you're trying – what's that? Fox they would trade – Fox isn't, isn't, isn't going to be moved for some – Regardless of who you trade, the bottom line is it, it will be Ben's team. And all they're trying to do is get to the playoffs. And for Ben – that might be the best thing that could happen in his career. A team that doesn't have lofty expectations 
of getting anywhere other than to be one of the top eight teams in that conference. Yeah, yeah this is a pretty obvious move for Ben trying to get that money. If yeah. I could just have to walk in the door and arrive <laughs> for it to happen, then I'm going to do that. Like, what's the point of staying at home if this isn't moving anyway? Because it's pretty clear Philly has his feet dug in. And uh, he, has question- to get, he has to up his, his stock value. I mean, right now, he does not have tremendous value in the eyes of other teams because there's so many question marks about him. And let's be honest, when you, when you haven't seen a guy, the, the last image people have of Ben is him passing up a layup dunk in a game seven that could have potentially helped catapult his team to the next round. Uh, if you're that, the Nets, if you're the Nets and you could do it right now, would you do? And and both sides agreed. Would you do Irving for Simmons? Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, makes all the sense in the world. And yeah. if you're the Nets, oh, absolutely. And take yeah. him and take him and the four years because now you know you're dug in with that money. Uh, and it's now, what yeah, the Nets need too. And he would be further down the pecking order so that there wouldn't be as much pressure on him to perform. He'd be so good right. for the Nets. He'd be so I mean, good on that team and, and so happy on that team. Be like, totally. KD, James, I'll just be over here in the corner. Don't don't bother me. I'll play so, defense. So why wouldn't it happen? Because Brooklyn's not stupid. Sean Marks is Brooklyn not Brooklyn does it. Why wouldn't think, Brooklyn do it? I think, I think Brooklyn Philly, does it. I feel like Philly would be hesitant yeah. because again, like you just don't know what Kyrie's gonna do. Yeah. He That's seems like I the said, type I of guy. Brooklyn, I'm in Philly. I'm in Philly. Sorry about that. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Philly's not stupid. Yeah, well, exactly. I even think I, I there's a case for Philly, too, because you're looking for a star equivalent to Simmons, and that's what Kyrie is. You know, he'd be a great fit next to Embiid if he's playing. It's, and, it's uh, not the, the fit. Gift, it's not Bobby, the fit. That's the big the issue. right there. It's up here. That's it's the it's it's, it's the what, what's going on in Kyrie's head. But I'd be calling his bluff on that. I really would. You're going to retire. Go ahead. You know, like, again, Simmons is done in Philly. So why not try to get Irving out of it? Even if I don't it think work? Simmons is done in Philly. I think they're just going to suck it up and just pretend it didn't happen and I play. I'd be stunned if it works too. Like, you know, they could try that. That would be the again, ultimate Doc Rivers Jedi mind trick. I don't that think it's going to work. I, 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 I don't, don't think it's going to either. I mean, it, it, didn't, it didn't work before this. So why, and again, why what, would it work what is, now? What does work mean? If they like squeeze out the home court advantage and then it just falls apart in the playoffs no. again, is that success Listen. because they have a good regular season? What, what like, we be- know how this goes at this point. Sixers should have been fans, traded years ago. I Sixers think they fans just are not. You, you think you think you think Josh Richardson is going to have a short leash when he misses a shot? It doesn't think about how short leash Ben Simmons is is going to be. And, and when he, he gonna passes up a face. shot, the, the only thing get booed every time he touches the ball. I don't by think home so. Game. I don't right. think so. The, I don't think so. The only they, thing Sixers fans do not like him, John. The thing Sixers and he doesn't fans, like Sixers fans. Weren't the they fans, fan F Ben Simmons at the Eagles game? <laughs> the thing Sixers were. fans didn't like about him was that he didn't want to be here. If he comes back and he plays, the, they'll be fine. He they still doesn't who, want to be there. They know who he is, though. There's nothing. They know who he is. And they don't not, like it. Yeah, that's doesn't the matter. problem. <laughs> that's the problem. They, they know he makes that's how we them. got here. Nah, they know he makes them better than not being But it's there. not just like, what are you working towards, John? Like, this isn't a championship Nothing. Team. Getting paid. Yeah, so like, I, they have I got to a resolve job. this. You know, I don't have to like everybody I work with. I'm going to show up. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to be a professional. That's a thing that happens a lot of places. That's what I think has to happen here. Not as happening. They're going to be like, we, <laughs> we, 
we aired our dirty laundry. We said our piece. We got it all out in the open. We're all better for it. I think we can grow from here. Blah, 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 blah. But and what's the end goal? If he didn't if he didn't love Embiid before, it's no different now. All it is is, is it's public. So I think he just goes in there and he just plays. And that's I don't it. think it's possible. But now that it's public, he doesn't. they don't have to fake it. The however, dislike. however, if you wanted to F with them and I was Simmons, I would come in there and I would start jacking threes left yes! and right. Yes! I, yes. I would shoot 12 threes a game, miss them all and be like, <laughs> is this what you wanted? You, know? you asked for this. Yeah, yeah. All right, don't shoot. The don't shoot. And shoot, shoot them right-handed, one-handed. You yeah, know? yeah. The ball is bouncing off the backboard. Oh, this could get so silly. It already You're right. Don't shoot. It already is so <laughs> ridiculous. One man Washington Generals squad there, Ben Simmons. Here, here's why it's not going to work, though, because Ben Simmons' end goal is still ultimately to get out. Uh, Philly's end goal is to get a lot for Ben Simmons. Like, both of them are really intent on getting out of this. this and happens, they both the don't have kind of a path to get there. And I think this is worse on Philly because – like John and I have kind of been different on this. Like it feels like, you know, John, you think that they're at, like have that ridiculous asking price to just drive it up to something that's good or great. I think No, that wasn't so... what I thought. I, my my thought I thought the Sixers end game and I think they actually played it perfectly was make the price knowing that you weren't going to get much in return, make the price so ridiculously high that trading for him at all was off the table, thus forcing this situation which was him to return and play for you, which was probably their best bet because there was no way they were going to get value for him. So the only way to to get the best plan for them was to force him back home. And so they did this and asked for the moon. I think they asked for I think they can even get value more. I think they asked for even more than they would have if they were legitimately trying to trade him. They were like, we'll take Lillard and we want to rename Portland, uh, you know, friggin' after cheese, after, after, you know, Gino's cheesesteaks, you know, like, like they were asking things that you couldn't possibly give up. Um, because they never planned, they knew they weren't going to trade him. That's my thing. That was their play to bring. They knew to they weren't. Back. Or they knew and they, they and they knew they they knew they weren't. So you think get they want to move forward with Simmons? I think they assess the situation, recognize there's no market for him. I'm not trading him for pennies on the dollar. I'm not taking on a John Wall or a shit a terrible contract that's going. I'm going to be saddled with. I'm going to get nothing close to equal value. So I'm just as good holding on to the asset and seeing if it'll come home as I am trading him for nothing. So I think their best play once they realized there was no market was to get him back and What's make it work. And they were all saying, we're reaching out. We're trying to talk to him. We're trying to talk to him. I think they realized that. And if he comes in and plays relatively well, you can start to assess a trade uh, again because now That's, teams have seen They something. wanted to trade him. That's what I was like, just going to say. I think say. they wanted to trade him for pardon. And they wanted to back trade him then, this off thing. season, this off season, yeah, it was over, they, but now it's like, yeah. they're pro and, and honestly, they've, if not yet, they sure they will have this conversation where they say, listen, if you want out of here this badly, yeah. the only way you can get out is if you get yourself out by playing well enough where we can get something for you play, play, yeah. you know, just as good as you are. Show everybody that you're not a liability on offense and that you, and do. I'll try to get you out of yeah, here and yeah. we'll trade you, but we're not going to trade help you. Me for, help me help. Yeah, we're yeah. not going to trade you for 25 cents. We'll trade you help. maybe for 75 cents. Yeah, help me help you. You know, if you want right. out, the best way to do it, you come here yeah, and you, you play. Show up. Yeah, And then let's play. And two things can happen. You may end up liking it and you stay. Or you may drive up your value and we find a place for you and we'll move you if you still want to go. But let's just right. do Here's this the thing. problem yeah. with that. 
part of it's like what they view this as and part of it's the positioning where they are because again picks aren't cutting it for them they're trying to win they're trying to replace a star so they can't do like a pick heavy package and they also can't just bring in some random role players because then they're probably a worse team for it they're trying to replace a star with a star in this case and that just to me is never gonna happen like even if Lillard asks out i know that's like their dream I don't think they're going to get him. Like, I think there's other situations that Lillard looks at at that point and is like, all right, this is preferable to me. Um, now, they might end up redeemed in that sense if they ultimately comes to that and Simmons' value looks great at that time and, like, the perfect timing comes together for them to strike that deal. But- I just don't think it's going to. And, again, if you're just going to keep kicking the Simmons thing, I think they're two or three years overdue on trading him. No, but look at it this way. One of the things you mentioned, like if Lillard wants out, you could find a situation where, um, you know, there's there's a team like, say, a Washington or say someone who has a star who's about to enter their last year and tells the team he's not going to re-sign. Um, but I will go there. And then you say, Ben, would you do Washington? Okay, great. So that team takes something rather than nothing because they could lose their star. Like maybe there's a situation out there where you could move. Or a someone star gets desperate. A, you could move a star for a star because the team knows I'm going to lose my only guy and I'm never going to find one in free agency. So I'll take Ben and the rest of his money and everything and all his warts and that'll make it happen. So it's not impossible, but he had to get back on the court to do it. And it wasn't happening this off season. So I think this is a, they're both going to hold their noses and try to make it work and then see what happens. We'll see if he gets on the court. <laughs> yeah. I wonder though, that's the thing is like, you haven't heard much other than he showed up. So like, is he showing up and be like, just friggin' pay me. I really don't want to play. So I'll be here, but you know, I right. want my money. Yeah, what's so his I'm, attitude I'm, like? We I don't know his attitude. Yeah. Very right? interesting. That's and the then, next big question. Because if he's just there hanging out, like where are we really at this point? Like that's just another power play by him. And then Philly's yeah. in an even worse spot because there's just all that chaos. Oh, this could get even uglier. That's what right. I mean. That, it's That's just because he showed up doesn't mean all is well. Not even close. I mean, he just wants to get paid. And he's going to make sure that legally he's doing what he needs to do to get that game check. And they'll figure Again, out you the think he's happy? As it, as it you think he's showing up the door like, yeah, you got me. I'm all in. No, hell no. <laughs> I wonder. The business. We, we, happy we, on every other Friday, probably. We haven't heard a thing, though. You either show up and say, screw in. it. I'm going to be a professional. This is a business. I'm here to play. Give me my money. Or he shows up there pouting, and he's going to go out there and just half-ass it and just do the harden, you know? Because that's the thing. The precedent is set. You know, he have a fat suit, <laughs> but that's the, that's the bad part. The precedent is set. Like I, if I go out there and suck, don't they have to trade me? You know, um, but they can't I, get anything for him. He makes too much money for him, which is why he needs to be good. They this can is the thing, Ben Simmons. Him, you need to be good. If you want to get traded, you can't play like shit or else you'll yeah. be stuck in Philly and miserable for yeah. as much as if somebody making that much money can be miserable. Perhaps the couple things I want to say, there's some people who are like talk Celtics, you know, we did talk Celtics for about 45 minutes. It was a freaking yeah, you're late. game and you're late. So watch the start of the show. No, you missed deal. the you fart heard around the world. In my, uh... you got here too late. At about, at about the 34 minute mark, there's a fart. <laughs> and then prior to that, there was a lot of Celtics. Well, I did talk. have a, I did have a Celtics. <laughs> that was the turning that. point. <laughs> I did have a turning point. Game. That was, it was like the final buzzer on Celtics talk was the fart. <laughs> I did have a Celtics reaction when we first heard this. Uh, If he does come back and play and looks really good and is committed, that's really bad for Boston because Philly's definitively better than Boston with him. 
Could like be. if they just through the regular season, they, they were so much better than the Celtics last year. They were the best team in the East. So right. like this works in the East. This works in the regular season. And uh, you know Simmons is as good at guarding Tatum as anybody out there. So if it's stable, if they're just playing, if they're functioning, uh, that might knock the Celtics down another spot in the East. But we'll see where it goes. Obviously, yeah. yeah. So a so couple things here. We want to wrap it. Um, uh, again, uh, the the Celtics lose to Orlando. We got another game coming up Friday, and then it's regular season. Right? It's just the four preseason games and then regular season next week. So we're here full steam ahead uh, with all of this stuff. The Opening full night's a week away. Week away, full cast of characters. So that's going to be great. Uh, a lot of people in this chat have been talking about um, – uh green room spotify green room we hadn't been doing it we may do something similar to it uh we did have a deal where we were doing some stuff with those guys for a while and that lapsed if you guys uh want to do it thanks well if you guys want you want you can go into the co- <laughs> you can go into the comments at Spotify and tell those guys go into green room and, and 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 flood the comments and say whatever happened to those garden report guys we love that show you want to do that for us go ahead <laughs> if there's enough demand going we if may you pop can get back through in. all the rooms of like just yeah. music of like not like good Spotify music it's just like people playing like shitty DJ music and then just sitting there and talking about their phones they're putting up their phone yeah i don't understand what the hell's going on over there i'll pop in once in a blue moon but there's nothing to like even really listen to so we could return there we may if you guys may if you guys make a big enough of a stink get it at that point that's our theme um if you guys if you guys go over there and and you raise hell and they and they come calling and they say hey come on back green room guys we miss you we'll do it however i do promise there will be some form of interactive element that we will introduce once again during the season whether it's that or something else um to get so we can hear your voices again and bring you guys back in uh and we can chat with you and chop it up because we did enjoy doing that will we do it after every game no but we will do it at some yeah. points throughout the maybe season. maybe some big games or something uh, where we want to bring in some people and maybe we'll bring in some special guests like we had last year and we'll talk to you guys. Um, so we are going to do something like that um, uh, again for sure. But like I said, you guys want to go knocking on Green Room's door and say, where the hell are those guys? We loved it. Go for it. That only helps it. That only helps the cause. Um, and guys, final thoughts before we wrap it here. Free season is almost over. Thank goodness. Uh, let, let's hope that the Celtics can go a week with no one testing positive for COVID. That's my wish. Between now and the start of the season. Yeah. Well, we didn't talk about that at all, but, I mean, it's really not not a great look. Again, I mean, last season – this is my final thought, I guess, too. Last season, this team – this Celtics team was, like, probably the most popular COVID team in the NBA or right up there with the amount of – They were number one, yeah. Yeah, amount of games lost per player. So, not a great start. I don't know who's vaccinated or who's not. I know it's not really my business, but it's just kind of troubling that all these guys now are starting to pop up again. And I say all these guys, but two really important players – um, have popped up. I don't know what the status is moving forward, and and it, it's it's gonna once again COVID's gonna be a huge a huge X factor. It feels like in this season because you're just seeing a lot of guys popping up on the on the COVID list, and you just have no idea when that will happen. And there's you know they're pretty steadfast in the you know um, period that you have to be away from the team, and if that happens at you know inopportune times, then really it kind of leaves the league kind of wide open. I mean, not completely wide open, but there's a lot of teams that could find themselves in a position to to make the playoffs if they can stay out of that COVID pro. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There uh, it is. 
No, it's. it's... I'm gonna actually be scrolling back immediately. <laughs> I'm gonna be scrolling back immediately when this ends. I know you are, Jimmy. Screen record that. You'll you'll <laughs> see it. It'll be on social media soon enough. Uh, we'll get it out there. <laughs> True. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. Uh, no, and now we see. But it can uh, be a real impact on a team if uh, if you do end up having COVID invade the room. And now we don't know if there's a breakthrough case. Or but we're trying to one of those, but. we're trying to decipher the Celtics statements too amongst ourselves. Like, oh, like what's this mean? You know, this didn't have the same information as they're the valid first questions. And we're but they are questions why. when you don't. Again, we're not going to get too deep into it. But what you what you what you say and then don't say says a lot. So again, you know, Sherrod wrote about it. It's very easy to. You had Ime Udoka gets it. He's resting comfortably. He was vaccinated. It's a breakthrough case. Then it's Jalen yeah. Brown gets it. Jalen Brown gets it. Nothing about uh, vaccinated, nothing about breakthrough, but they say he's asymptomatic. Then Al Horford has COVID. It doesn't say he did say uh, Al's doing good, though. Okay, uh, yeah, but, but, did, but the release didn't say asymptomatic and the release mm -hmm. didn't say breakthrough. So now yeah, you start to wonder, oh, yeah. does he have a bad case? So every right. time they don't say something, they're saying something. So you're starting to wonder. You would think is, it would just be a cut paste, cookie cutter, same, yeah. just yeah. take the name and out and think add of, the new is, name. Is half the team unvaccinated? If there's another, if if Boston enacts the same sort of policies that New York and Brooklyn has, do we have four Kyries right. on our hand? This right. is possible, you know. Like it's a basketball you, question, and it's a bat, and it becomes a basketball question. It's now it's all of a sudden, are you risking losing your players for half the year or X amount of time? What if other cities start to enact visiting people can't come here or blah blah blah? You're if all the of Celtics. A sudden, yeah. Again, if the Celtics hypothetically, let's just say they have the most unvaccinated players in the league, they are firmly at a massive disadvantage against the rest of the league. If that's the case, we don't know yeah. who's vaccinated or unvaccinated. But if let, let's just say they have the most players that haven't gotten it, that's a legit question about the season, especially when we saw how it impacted last year. Again, they talk about last year. Like it was, oh, and again, it was, you didn't have a vaccine last year. So you didn't have the step to take to be able to prevent all those losses. It was just terrible luck on their part. But you can't say that again this year. COVID engulfs this team and they're just missing guys left and right. Um, all of a sudden, that's a real basketball question and it has tangible impact on how the team does this year. They're just fortunate that they're getting this out of the way, as he may said before real game start. Yeah. Imagine if this Brown Horford thing hit them the opening week, they're traveling. All of a sudden, these guys are left from a big road trip. Well, that's you don't what want I'm this to I mean, be the story of the season again. Well, no, I mean, I get they're lucky in that sense, but there's you know, 13 other guys who you know, you get it now, you're worrying about when, when, when are those going to pop up? You know, if, if these guys were all out to dinner recently, then sometimes it takes a little bit longer to show up on one person's than another's, and you know, they're going to be together all season. Um, and I know that you know, vaccinated players and unvaccinated players are going to be treated differently and maybe travel differently or have the different locker rooms. I don't know the complete details, but. Um, you know, this, the NBA is going to do everything they can, but at the end of the day, if if it's still going to go through a locker room, it's still going to go through a locker room, and you're going to have to deal with these, you know, all of a sudden you're not going to have an important player for a week or more, you know? Um, and yeah, if yeah. everybody knew Pe Horford People in the chat, people in the chat, as they tend to do when we have this conversation, which is largely why I avoided and missed the point a little bit, we're not talking about whether you can get 
COVID while vaccinated. No, talking, I was just going to say. We're, we're, I just want to be clear. We're talking yeah. that NBA no. rules, there are rules in certain cities that prevent you from playing basketball if you're not vaccinated. There are rules that make it harder to be part of team activities if you're not. It is difficult on your team as a fact. I'm not going to sit here and debate the other stuff with people, and I'm not really interested in it. It's not really what we're talking about. However, if Boston enacts a similar policy no. to New York, then you guys, then there's a problem if there are any people on the Celtics who are not because you're running into the same issues. It's what forced Andrew Wiggins to get vaccinated because he had to deal with it in San Fran. It's what's costing Kyrie Irving the entire season. But not only it's that. Six, $16 million and, you know, and $183 million extension right now. So it's 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 it has whether you, whether you agree with it or not those are just whether you agree or not it has it, it's the facts of how it affects the celtics and whether or not you can play that's it yeah. so everyone else save it i'm not interested in in hearing yeah you know whatever it is there's there's a, there's a youtube video for you yeah. somewhere else yeah you go go find it exactly that. we're not we're not doing <laughs> that here we're saying that's what's happening okay yeah. and so no, and if, if, the, if it could if be a problem knew, if we knew 100 percent brown and horford were vaccinated I think everyone would be feeling pretty fine about it. You know, you go through your protocol, you get the negative test, and then you're back. Like, yeah, because it's it's quick. Once you clear it, you're back. But it's longer. The process is longer if you're not. Right. You have to stay away longer if you're not. Plus, also, you're operating under different rules. If you have close contacts with people, now you're on the shelf for a much longer period of time versus someone who is. Those are just the rules. They make Damn, we're it left guessing here. Yeah. They make it harder. You're left guessing, but it has on the court impact it's like somebody being injury prone they're just going to miss time on and off and it's right. that inconsistency that the Knicks that the Nets didn't want to deal with when they told Kyrie to go screw and that's in a right so these are the issues okay um and so we don't know we are left guessing a little bit and we're reading into statements what is and what isn't maybe everybody is vaccinated besides at least one person who's kind of been public on the Celtics that they're not into it um, and then it's not a pro it's less of a problem. Uh, and then you just have to deal with breakthrough infections and pop-ups and stuff like that, which are going to happen throughout, you know, if you want, the it's happening everywhere. It's going to happen in the NBA. It, that's if you want the Celtics, if, if you want the Celtics to have the best chance of winning this year, you want them to be fully vaccinated. Somebody's that's telling me, yeah, somebody just said Kyrie went on Instagram live. Oh, Lord. that must've been interesting. But he's on there now. He's, he's doing his thing. He's talking. Who knows? He's going head-to-head um, head with us. Good luck, buddy. I know, right? Good luck, dude. <laughs> Idiot. Just um, when I thought you couldn't get any dumber. Yeah, yes. Shams, uh, Shams said on IG, I'm standing with all of those who, all of those that believe what is right. Everybody's entitled to do what they feel is best for themselves. Seeing the way this is dividing our world up, it's sad to see. People are losing their jobs to mandate. So Kyrie confirming. I'm out here trying uh, to yeah, yeah. he's on it now. Oh, so here's is the thing: is this him that I'm hearing through through some yeah. of these? Yeah, it's all me. it's all fine and good, but this is kind of a you know he's kind of retrofitting this excuse into things because if you are standing for a cause and you don't tell anybody about that cause and then you don't put the whole point of standing up for a cause when you have a platform like Kyrie is to use the platform to announce that you're doing this for a cause, not after you get caught and get told you can't play anymore to say, I was doing it for this reason. This is why it seems disingenuous. What's the point of having a cause if you're not going to use your platform, which he hadn't been up to this point. So I guess here he is now talking about it. So, uh, you know, let's go enjoy. Oh, there'll be plenty of, <laughs> plenty of content to come out of that, I'm sure. 
the saga but continues. But this, this, uh, this, this is the sideshow, though, that, you know, the Nets didn't want, right? You know, and, and now they just can't, you know, focus on basketball because there's so much else going on. I mean, that's probably why they just said, you know what, Kyrie, it's probably best that you, you do your thing and we're going to do ours. And if, if you change your mind and you want to join us, then, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. It's probably what, what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Kyrie essentially saying what he said in that, uh, or what someone's close to him said in that Shams report, it looks like. So, yeah. I mean, look, there's people, there's people close to Kyrie that wanted uh, that out there. That's the narrative that they're going with right now. We'll see where this story goes. But anyway, we've gone on long enough. Uh, thank you guys for watching. We're back on Friday. Uh, I'm not even going to, if, if we do final thoughts, we're going to go another 15 minutes. So I'm just going to hang up the phone. <laughs> we did them. Good night, all. Once again, just want to let everybody know here, our sponsor for the Garden Report is Insa Premium. Insa. Yep, Premium Cannabis Dispensaries uh, located all over the place. We've got two in Springfield, one in Salem, one in East Hampton. Uh, tell them the guys at the Garden Report told you to stop by for a sweet T-shirt for just a penny. Uh, once again, that is Insa.com. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening.